0: I stand in the presence of royalty, of excellence, of people far more internet famous than I. I am lowly, Justin, but with me today is Heather, aka She Goddess of the Twitch streams. And yes,
1: yes, worship me. T- and
0: Thomas, <laughs> who apparently now is running ABC Australia or something <laughs> like
2: that. Hola. <laughs> ¿Cómo estás?
1: That's some true Australian culture right there. This
0: is not the Ocho, man. This is, uh. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I, I appreciate you guys taking uh, time out of your busy, busy schedules from away from your thronging flocks of fans to come sit on this little old homespun podcast we like to do now and then. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Uh, so if you might notice, we are Al. less. We we said before the show we are Al alone because he is not here today. He had some... Uh, some trip preparations that just kind of went a little too long and he wasn't able to join us sends his love sends his regret uh sends weirdly enough five fish heads i don't know what that's about but he sent them so heather and thomas and i will be handling today's show where we're going to talk about community season two episode 19 critical film studies and yeah we are almost to the end of season two. It's really starting to sink in, man.
1: It's wild.
2: Yeah, these are really are the golden times. Wow.
0: <laughs> so Pulp Fiction features very big in tonight's show. And I thought we could at least open and talk a little bit about your thoughts and feelings. I haven't honestly thought about Pulp Fiction for the longest time. Um, back in the 90s, I had a kind of hate relationship i i didn't want to say love hate because i really didn't love it at all i just everybody watched it everybody was quoting it it was like the hot cool trendy rebellious you know indie film that just and then i went on a road trip one spring break with a bunch of friends and the only cd they brought was the pulp fiction soundtrack
1: oh no and
0: they played that thing like you know 40 50 times and by the end i just had this twitch in my eye that still exists to this day so i i i've had this kind of inner rebellious backlash against quentin tarantino ever since pulp fiction today i probably mellowed out a bit more i i haven't rewatched it in a long time i've watched parts of it and scenes of it um uh, it's you know it's okay it's i don't know i, I feel like he's got a he's a, he's pretty pretentious and nobody calls him on it instead they kind of <laughs> bow down at his feet and lick his feet for being an amazing auteur uh which he probably likes because he's a bit of a foot fetishist if you haven't <laughs> noticed uh but anyways i don't know what what do you guys think about pulp fiction is this a movie that is uh part of your favorites or you haven't watched it or you don't think about it i don't know
1: I've seen it exactly one time what time? and it's yeah and it's sometime after I started with mutant reviewers because I I never did get all the references that were being made to it I don't remember a lot about it I remember the gimp I remember uh, Samuel L Jackson and oh crap how am I forgetting is Jonathan Travolta
0: Jonathan
1: <laughs> and and the and the Royale with cheese thing the the Bible. Verses that he yeah, keeps Ezekiel spinning out. Quote, yeah. yeah, 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 um And the dance, the dance, and and other than that, of course, the briefcase. Of There's a lot I remember of that.
0: A lot of that movie saturated right into pop culture. Yeah, in the mid to late '90s, and it became almost inescapable. And there was even like a um a parody movie called Plump Fiction. I oh, don't think we've reviewed it yet. It's
1: I've never heard of it.
0: It's one of those you know cheap. Naked Gun knockoffs.
1: Oh. The
0: covers, it's pretty much Pulp Fiction with just a more plus-size person. Thomas, what about you? Pulp Fiction? Well,
2: I think we're all on the same page. I've seen this movie once. It was (laughs) uh, somewhere between... Uh, well, it was well over a decade ago, and in Thomas years, that's like 38 years, so um, I really <laughs> don't remember. Like
1: a dog.
0: He
2: I was two that. years old, and uh, <laughs> they just put it on the nursery. Yeah.
1: Mommy, you know, what's a gimp? I
2: don't so much about it. Uh, I, and I feel similar about Quentin Tarantino. I mean, I, I enjoy watching each of his movies, I think, but I... Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like re-watching any of them, and I don't get the, um, the massive fan appeal. Uh, but I enjoy them. They're good movies.
1: I'm so glad to hear that, because I was sitting through this episode going, oh my gosh, I don't even remember who some of these characters are that they're dressing as. Who is Chang? Who is Troy? Is he Bruce Willis? Is Bruce Willis in that movie? I sat there the whole time just going, I'm not going to be able to keep up with you guys, because you'll know all this stuff, because it's such a popular movie. But it sounds like I'm in good company. Yeah, this
0: is, this is one of Bruce Willis's, uh big turns in the 90s. I mean, he he was a legitimate action star, major blockbuster tentpole kind of guy, and yet he would still take small stuff like this. And sometimes it really broke in his favor. Yeah, he was the uh, the boxer. So that's, that's who Chang is supposed oh, to
1: be. Oh, okay. So well, that's why yellow- Chang's
0: wearing a bit of a bald cap there.
1: Oh, I, I figured somebody had to be bald. I was like, there. I guess the person he's dressed at is bald. But, but who's Troy? Who's the guy in the Hawaii? Uh,
0: so there's the, the robbers at the beginning in the diner, and he's one of them.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I would have the, never remembered that. I had no clue.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I could probably identify who all of them are. I think um, Joel is supposed to, or Jeff is supposed to be John Travolta's character, or yeah and oh, uh, Shirley obviously is samuel, samuel L jackson, L
1: jackson <laughs> which, which I is love. my favorite right
0: <laughs> yes it's so perfect when you see her the first time and you're just like oh that's hilarious yeah yeah awesome yeah. um yeah so britta is uma thurman's character mm-hmm. I, I don't mira I, I i forget all the names i'm so sorry um so who else we got pierce as the gimp obviously of course just- <laughs> <laughs> Another, it's he thinks he's the hero or the villain. He doesn't know which one he is.
1: Hero but. or the love interest or the love. Why not In both? In a way, you
0: are correct. Yeah, Pierce. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then um, let's see, who else do we have? Uh, uh, who-
1: whoever Annie's supposed to be, I don't know who that is either.
0: Oh, um, I'm trying to remember what her outfit was.
1: She sort She's of like looked the- like tippy hedron from psycho like just a business a women's business suit from the 50s or something with the
2: blonde wig
1: yeah
0: yeah that's a good question i don't know who Annie was supposed to be (laughs) shoot now i want to pause the the show and look at the uh, hmm get your finger off that pause button i'm gonna google this out real quick so um all right well so we you guys only watched it once i probably have seen it maybe three times but the last time i saw it was definitely Back in the nineties, it's been that long. So, uh, yeah. So that's, it's, it's kind of a thing about community is dragging up really old pop culture stuff and sort of having fun with it. So I guess Dan Harmon has a bit of a thing for, for Tarantino. And, and yet that's not the only movie that we touch on in tonight's episode. We also touch on very much my dinner with Andre, which I have personally seen a number, uh, zero. Times?
1: Uh. Um, same. I was like, "My dinner yeah. with Andre.
2: All right. And it's funny. Yeah. It sounds like they uh, advertised this episode when it was about to come out with the, the promo shot was just the Pulp Fiction costumes. And so everyone thought it was going to be a, a Pulp Fiction episode. And then, oops, surprise left turn into my dinner with Andre.
0: Okay. So Annie is the other robber from the diner. So she and Troy are the two.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. Because I'm
0: looking, I'm looking at an article where it just shows you the different outfits, compares them to the movie version, which they are amazingly close. Uh, she, Annie's outfit is blue, and in the movie, it's more of a lavender, but um, I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty <laughs> impressed. And great. Uh, yeah, and Shang, Bruce Willis wasn't completely bald, and Shang <laughs> is wearing a bald cap, so I guess they're kind of leaning into that a bit. Maybe they didn't remember. Maybe they're just going up off their best memories. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, it gives it a little more realism that, like, yeah. you they'd have it a bit cobbled together and not be able to get the exact same style or color or whatever. Like a cosplay. Yeah,
0: like, really good cosplay. Yeah, really good. But it's like, uh, yeah, This I was thinking about this. Uh, Community is known for their costumes, but usually it's a Halloween episode. And this one I'm pretty sure wasn't. So this is pretty cool that like, they have just costumes in a different context than, hey, it's Halloween, let's get all goofy. And I'm thinking, man, if my friends went to this amount of effort to throw me a party and dressed up like this and did so much of a theme, yeah, I'd be, I'd be bowled over.
1: Me too. Um,
0: yeah. Be, be it'd be I'll
1: awesome be if I had dessert. friends, honestly.
0: Yeah, we're just, <laughs> at, at best, frenemies, probably antagonistic uh, acquaintances at this point. Mm, mm. Well, anyways, a uh, friend of me, would you like to do our summary for tonight's episode?
1: Oh, absolutely. Sure. For the first time, I'm actually going to say who directed and wrote this episode. Ooh, Ooh look, at the, okay. look at the growth, the character growth here. <laughs> All right. Critical Film Studies, season two, episode 19. Director is Richard Aota. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but the guy from IT crowd. I was so excited when yeah. I saw. Uh, yep. Ayo I think. Richard. A-O-R-D. A-O-R-D. Okay, that would be, that would mas. make more sense.
0: <laughs> I love
1: Moss. <laughs> yes. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? Okay, anyway. Writers Dan Harmon, Sona Panos, and Dino Stamatopoulos. It is all about Abed's birthday. Jeff's got this big surprise party planned in a retro diner where apparently Britta works. And, uh... He, unfor- he actually gets sidetracked when Abed springs a surprise dinner on him instead, where he's basically trying to reenact my dinner with Andre. Uh, hilarity ensues, much discussion of Cougar Town, and eventually they are able to actually have the party just the way they like. Jeff has an emotional breakdown, and maybe he's got some therapy out of that. Maybe he doesn't. Shirley gets far too few lines. Almost nothing is said from Shirley. But it's still otherwise a good episode. Ta-da! I think it kind
0: of makes up for the fact she has the best costume.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she really like, doesn't have to say much when she looks so amazing. <laughs> I, that was probably the biggest laugh I ever
0: get out of this particular episode is when she first showed up. And <laughs> they don't make a big deal out of it. She's just part of the crowd. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, Shirley, yes. Yes. Uh so, yeah, I wonder, like, we don't see the behind-the-scenes making of the party. Uh, who who put the party together? Whose idea was this?
1: It, I think it was Jeff's, right?
0: I mean, Jeff came up with idea Because sometimes I get to feel like Annie did some of the organization, but then Britta got the diner and, and made yeah. sure that I got... So maybe it was kind of more of a... They kicked this around for a while. I would just like to be in the room when they decided uh all the costumes who got to be who Mm -hmm. and also how Chang ended up as part of this (laughs) because in season two at this point the last time we saw Chang was under a very antagonistic uh, situation where he had just kidnapped some people and surely wasn't very happy with them and and now he's just kind of like at the party
2: that's true he's (laughs) remarkably hinged in this episode as opposed to he is
0: (laughs) Although when he comes up at a particular scene behind Troy and he's doing this like weave and bob thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's a little serpent
2: coming out of a fiction thing or I wasn't sure. I I don't it's a Chang thing, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was so perfect. It's so weird and you just look Mm -hmm. at him and you're like, yep, that's that's got to be an improv or something. That's great. I thought I he was just doing
1: like a weird boxer's weave, you know, but it, it did look sort of sinister. <laughs> yeah.
2: And now he's just wearing the gloves the whole episode. Really yes. committed to that.
0: Yeah, doesn't he try to like hold things with the, the gloves? Get <laughs> so yeah, any well?
2: points with them? Yeah. yeah.
0: You know that the actors had to have a lot of fun with these costumes and props and... Uh, I remember, I forget which show it was, but somebody was talking about how when actors are given props, they have a lot of fun with it, and uh, so so sometimes they have too much fun. But in this episode, they got like, they got guns, they got boxing gloves, uh, they've got this briefcase with the the mysterious insides. Ooh, what could be inside the briefcase? (laughs)
1: fire. Fire is inside the briefcase. (laughs) That's the answer right there.
0: (laughs) So, and yeah, we even got on top of Pulp Fiction and My Dinner with Andre, we also have Cougar Town. These three things in the whole history of the universe have never come together in a single creative endeavor except for community. So, let's just take a moment to absorb Pulp Fiction, Cougar Town, and My Dinner with Andre converging and somehow sort of working together.
2: That's and pretty cool. how commendable that you don't have to know much about any of them to enjoy this episode. It's really, really dope. Impressive. That's a
1: very good point, because I'd never seen Cougar Town or My Dinner with Andre, so. Yeah. Probably
2: I, this episode would
0: ruin it for you if you went back and tried to watch My Dinner with Andre, and you'd just be thinking like, oh yeah, this is the, this Abed did it so much better, man. So much better. Yes. <laughs>
1: well, I this, just. not this
0: episode kind of. Go
1: ahead, Heather. Oh, no, I was just going to say, well, I just looked up the cast earlier and saw quite a few French names. And I was like, is this some kind of French drama movie? Where like, oh, c'est la vie. It is no, It is miserable. What is this life? I, I thought, oh, am I actually going to end up watching it? I might, though.
0: I might. I think you just offended all of our F- Franco speaking. Uh, yeah. That's OK.
1: Al- that's that's OK. I'll let Guillaume translate it all for me and I'll respond through. him. It has Wallace Shawn in it. I know, I know. I mean, but how much is he in it? Who is he? I don't know who he is. is
0: He's one of the two main characters. He's one of the guys
1: Oh, well, then great.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's good. It's good then. Yeah, well, Sean, you you know him from uh, Princess Bride, right? Oh, of course Uh, I do.
1: (laughs) Greenland? (laughs) 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 Inconceivable! (laughs) Yeah,
0: that guy. Uh, Anyways, we're... (laughs) yeah I, I guess we need, now need to go watch my dinner with Andre it's uh, let's see how long it is probably oh, down for 111 that. minutes okay
1: yeah should, should we just yeah. take the whole cast here of uh, our podcast and just go watch it just together and make that the episode watch that. Maybe
0: we <laughs> need to watch. I'd rather watch print, uh, Pulp fiction to be honest I thought you were
1: gonna say Princess Bride and I'm like I already am halfway to get my DVD right now yeah, yeah. My,
0: my my wife threw me for my 40th uh, Princess Bride whole party. Oh and yeah! It was awesome. She rented out a movie theater. We watched it with oh. all our friends. Uh, I got all these cool Princess Bride themed gifts, including one of my friends made me a six fingered glove.
1: Oh my gosh! How you got cool. your own Obed party. I did, and it <laughs> oh. was cool.
0: I mean, I and I didn't mess it up. I didn't mess it up. I, I tried to be as, as grateful as possible. Uh, even though my oldest son hates the kissing scenes, he's so like Fred Savage's <laughs> character. Right? I don't like kissing scenes in movies. Yeah, they're kissing. In they're kissing. Doesn't this episode kind of throw you off a little bit at the beginning, though? That it has a very unorthodox opening. And if you've never seen it before, suddenly you're getting this narration from Jeff, this inner narration.
1: Yeah, if you so like, missed um, the chicken episode or is that the only one other one that's had him narrating a lot, someone narrating stuff?
0: Yeah, I guess I guess I did a bit there too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I I don't know if we've ever gotten Jeff just. Like it was like suddenly we're dropped into the middle of a serious drama show. Mhm. And you know, everything's kind of very straight laced. and I like that because it's going to get really weird and bonkers. And uh, for it to start on a very, you know, like Jeff walking into a classy restaurant talking about Abed's weird year. Uh, And I think that this is very commendable that this episode remembers. And there's a lot of continuity with all the events of the second year here, including Abed's breakdown and the fact that we just talked about last episode where, Abed and Jeff have kind of grown apart. They don't hang out as much as they
1: used to. I and thought so it was is... because of the stuff Britta told them. I was sitting there yelling at Abed, yes. like, "You know exactly. You said last episode why you stopped hanging out as much."
0: Yes, yes. I think that's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's in a way, it's it's Jeff looking to make Abed's day by you know helping to throw the most Abed themed party ever. Because he's such a film buff. And just throwing a Pulp Fiction party. And Abed looking to connect with Jeff. By doing a My Dinner with Andre dinner. Even though Jeff has no idea. That's what he's walking into. Um, so yeah. it's And when he walks in there. And Abed comes up to him. And it's completely different.
2: Like the way he acts. I'm like
0: Daniel. Danny Pudi is really good.
2: Yeah, so Really impressive good. episode for him. And you can see, I mean, and then later on when he changes back to our bed, it's such a clear transition. He's really good at doing these very two different personalities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is Thomas, that's my favorite moment in the episode right there. When Jeff throws I know we're just gonna be jumping around here. We're just gonna do it. Al's not here. We the <laughs> yeah. anarchy reigns. Yeah, we're
1: having a, we're destroying a restaurant right now. It's fine. Yeah.
0: But when Jeff, throw, when Jeff has his epiphany and he's telling a story and he throws his uh, phone into the water, watch Abed because you see Abed dropping his act. And he doesn't <laughs> say anything, but his face, like, he's suddenly, like, you can see him going, oh, crap. Like, he's pushed this too far. And his mannerisms start settling back into Abed's mannerisms. And Jeff keeps going. And Abed's got his head cocked to the side. And mm-hmm. you can just see him trying to figure out, like, holy crap, how do I get out of this? <laughs> and it's like, that's so beautiful. Like, being able to convey that without any dialogue. And really, it's it, you have to know the character. You have to know who this guy is to really get this moment. But it's so good. Yeah. So and
2: good. at the start, too, when we, we meet him... Uh I love that there's a couple of like close-ups on Arbed's face uh like cuz it's it feels like they know we want to see up close and see this this different character he's playing and so they have these close-up shots where he like smiles so normally like such a just a normal average guy grinning it's bizarre <laughs> I was again, sitting there going,
1: this- he's so handsome. I didn't I didn't think yeah. about this. He's so
0: handsome. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Thomas and I were thinking as well.
1: Oh, so- of course. Of course.
0: <laughs> no, he's just, he is warm. And, you know, if you've never, if this was your first episode that you ever watch a community, of course, this would all throw you off. Oh, yeah. You have no idea what's going on. But if you've watched the whole show up to this point, like instantly, you know, something is really either wrong or off or off kilter or what have you and so we as the audience you know jeff becomes the audience surrogate like he's he doesn't know what's going on and he's trying to get abed away from this restaurant uh, it's kind of weird like that abed would double book this there's there's some yeah. some weird scheduling double you know that the episode doesn't really explain um what's going on but i mean it sort of does it just whatever but we know something's off and so jeff's trying to get him out of the restaurant and abed's very resistant to this he's resistant to all the pulp fiction references which jeff gets less and less subtle about as the episode goes on boy how about that pulp fiction that was a good movie like by the time he's doing that (laughs) (laughs) he's
1: just like scraping the bottom of the barrel now
0: yeah and it just keeps deflecting like just clearly deflecting whatever jeff's doing and wants to sit down with him at a very fancy restaurant wearing a cashmere sweater and and have a real conversation right
1: yeah guys why don't we have real conversations all we do is talk about this show <laughs> that's
0: right <laughs> yeah fart fart booger booger yeah that's what we do osmic right?
1: throbbing wombs or something
0: you know what oh, wow. i i've made good i have not brought that back up
1: you've, you've been very good I, I started to regret my decision halfway into the sentence i was like oh no <laughs> i think he'd forgotten and now i'm gonna remind him.
0: i remember every single week are you kidding it, it's it's on the tip of my tongue i want to say it and i'm like no i respect heather thank too you much.
1: thank you thank you yeah
0: so anyways i will come up with uh, some other way to say that but anyways yeah uh I don't know. So so we got like, it's almost a split episode where we've got Jeff and Abed in the fancy restaurant, but then we got this whole party. All the rest of them are in this diner that we've never seen before and never will see again because Britta gets fired. Uh, It's kind of a cool little, it's a cool little retro themed, what do they call it? Like a nostalgia based diner experience or something like that?
1: Yeah, I was like, I I thought you just called them a retro diner or something. I didn't think they needed this huge moniker yeah he's like what do you know this is
0: like the peak dining experience for retro themed enthusiasts or something like that Peak business hours i think yeah so they yeah they rented out this whole diner they're gonna throw him a awesome pulp fiction party they got milkshakes on the table okay you know there there you go and troy got him a a mysterious gift we never know what troy got him there's (gasps) no way we could figure that out if only they opened it
1: yeah it's such a shame
0: I love that Troy just is so gleeful with himself and he looks at this. Obviously, uh, whoever did the prop for that really had a lot of fun, too, uh, because it's, yeah. It's so
1: meticulously wrapped. How long did uh, it take him to wrap that? Every
0: blade. Every blade. Every (laughs) blade. It's uh, it's adorable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There's that little subplot where Troy is worried that uh, Jeff... Is making more inroads with Abed. There's this this bromance uh, territorialism, I guess we'll say. Mm-hmm. That he's worried that that um, Jeff got him a better present, and so he really needs to know what's in the briefcase. And uh, Chang kind of functions as his evil devilish "Go do it, go do it," you know, urges. And that's I don't know. I that that whole subplot didn't really ring too strong with me, but it did get us to. To open the briefcase, which is good. I thought that was a fun moment.
2: It I was. mean, Troy gets to do a lot of funny things, but I do feel bad seeing the this jealous Troy. Like I, I prefer the Troy who's comfortable knowing that him and Abed are tight forever, rather than yeah. this jealous one. But
0: can we say that uh, uh, whoever decided to give Chang a sword that was a bad idea?
2: Like, yeah, after yeah. all the saws at Jeff's place, why would you give him a sword?
1: <laughs> Where does he <laughs> keep saws, getting those? <laughs> the saws,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, he gives him a giant katana.
0: I mean, hey, I know Bruce Willis had that, but still, still. Uh, there's a lot of great details. This, the set dressing, especially in the diner, is awesome. The The banner, they got the Pulp Fiction font on the banner. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to read the banner, but... Um, Like, did you see what the subtitle was? Like, I thought I read like study group something, but it was really hard to see. I didn't catch it. No. And they, then they labeled everything with the pulp, like the little pulp fiction name tags, like, you know, potato salad and whatnot. So (laughs) I did like the one quote where he said, Can you imagine the look on his face when he comes in? Of course I can. It's the same expression he always
2: has. (laughs) I think that was Pierce. (laughs) It was. (laughs) And it's, it's, uh, it's cool how Annie says, uh, he's going to say cool at least five times. And then actually at the end of the episode, he says it five times. Yep. He does. so, <laughs> that's that's so nice. cool. Cool, 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 <laughs> <laughs> And we talked about how Shirley isn't in the episode much, but Pierce, I reckon he hardly showed up on set for this episode. He was, uh, uh, I, I'm suspicious of that Gimp not even being him. Me
1: too. I shots. was going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You were, you were on the same wavelength as me. I was like, I don't... I bet you anything he wasn't in that mask.
0: It's possible. I mean, I kind of wonder if they, if Dan Harmon did that just to torture Chevy
2: Chase. <laughs> because it's yeah, such a pain. You know, here, wear heavy leather. Yeah. You, know. you can really see over the course of this season in particular, like, the whole production turning against Chevy Chase. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just... In every way, making him the villain so obtusely, and then putting him in all these outfits and removing him from episodes when they actually want to have fun. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, but that, that Gimp in Pulp Fiction probably was the most weird thing. And I think it's even more so memorable because they just never explain it. Nope. And you don't really want them to no. either. And so you just see this character who's been locked in a box with bars and they get him out and they chain him up. And and yeah, and you just like, what is that? What is this life that they just stumbled into? I don't want to know. I just want him to leave. And yeah, it's so <laughs> wrong. I mean, the, the, the wrong feeling. And then to transplant all of that onto Pierce is is beautiful <laughs> and not and have Pierce completely oblivious to what this is what it means uh the movie reference i i will say i i know that we said that shirley doesn't get anything she does get a one good line yes she does you want to talk
1: about it? go ahead I yeah thought. i mean i mean you're welcome to talk about it. i'm just excited i've been sitting here going oh yeah i need to mention that <laughs> it's a it's but a cute all- pulp fiction's a cute movie it's a 30 minute long film about cheeseburgers dancing and the bible
0: <laughs> I saw it on an airplane once, she said. Yeah.
1: Like what?
0: <laughs> Which is just hilarious how much they would edit they they yeah. have to. I don't I don't even know if they get 30 minutes out of pulp fiction to
1: be honest. No. How could you? Che-
0: cheeseburgers dancing in the Bible. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a it's a brilliant joke. I love that. I love that joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I want to talk about cougar Town. <laughs> so, in yeah, the, please,
1: the, let's do. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <fun>. <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> so, in the middle of the episode, uh, we have two big conversations, two like these revelations from both Jeff and Abed. And Abed kind of goes first and talks about how he's a huge Cougar Town fan, and he got invited as as the the Cougar Town fan club president or something. He got invited to go. To the actual set and to actually be part of a scene and he says he pooped his pants and um, then he kind of sort of reveals that was a lie but not entirely and this is where it gets really interesting and maybe you guys know this maybe you don't but uh, they had a crossover Mm -hmm. and there's an episode of cougar town where abed's in it
1: i did know that
0: you did have you watched the scene in question
1: Uh um I I did when I first heard about it, but I haven't. I don't even remember what goes on in the scene. Thomas, did
2: you watch this? At all? Yeah, I, I remember watching it in the past. I actually thought my memory uh, thought that that scene was the post credits of this episode. So I was surprised when it wasn't. Uh, and it was. I thought it was actually in Community that I saw it, but turns out no, it was just Cougar Town,
0: just Cougar Town, Cougar Town baby. I went back to rewatch it and it's, yeah, it's not like what Abed's describing. So I think Abed did go visit Cougar town, but he didn't have this super embarrassing experience that he talks about, but rather he's sitting right behind the two people talking back and forth and they're at an outdoor, uh, like a subway there. So they're, they're eating and, and Abed's kind of just drinking a Coke and he's looking off camera, whatever. And then like by the middle of the scene, He's looking at the actress and then he starts mimicking her. And so whatever the actress is doing, he's doing. No. And then he starts looking at the camera and then he gets up and runs away and he makes a big, like a big noise. And then at that point they like stop and they are staring at him. So he goes from being a complete background character to just disrupting the scene. And I imagine if you had no idea at the time what community was, and this person was just a background character. The scene would make no sense to you. But if you happen to be both a Cougar Town and a community watcher, this would have been pretty funny.
1: What do you think's the crossover on Cougar Town fans and community fans?
0: There is one, and I forget what it is, but there's some some definite love between the shows. Huh. We, we should maybe do a little more research before we
1: do episodes <laughs> like
2: that. Nah. 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 I'm just having a quick look at that scene again now, and man, Cougar Town, what a weird. Ch- What's with the Subway promo?
0: That's I th- full it's on. kind of a comedy. It's sort of a dramedy, oh, and they, okay. they they do a lot of cheeky weird stuff. I've never really watched much of it, but
2: well, there not. you go. Doesn't Subway become a community thing as well? Is that right? Um, yes. Yeah, there's a connection.
0: Oh. There's a connection. Yeah, they're. Uh, <laughs> Another good quote. Okay, so so getting away from... It's just fun. It's fun. It's like one of those extra (laughs) little weird community things. Um, At the dinner, I do like... For the most part, I like this conversation that they're having back and forth. It's really hard for an episode like Community that is only 21 minutes long and is really full of jokes to suddenly stop and say, Now we're going to have these two characters pretty much just talk. And it's not really going to be kind of laugh out loud stuff. You know, it's like going to be storytelling and there's some funny stuff, but it's not really, it's not really wacky. It's, ve- it's very weird when they, they suddenly go back and forth between the diner and the restaurant because the restaurant's more serious stuff, at least toward then. Uh, but I do like the one quote from Jeff where he says, you know who has real conversations? Ants. They have conversations by vomiting chemicals into each other's mouths. They get right down to the brass tacks.
1: Okay, guys, why aren't we vomiting chemicals into each other's mouths? I thought we were friends. I don't know.
0: My, my, my second oldest, when she was a little kid, uh, my wife was standing her up to put a shirt on her, and she puked into my wife's mouth.
1: Oh, oh no. And my wife then
0: then... Puked like it, oh, it was no. like a chain reaction. Oh.
1: So I guess that was
0: the closest I've ever seen that happen. Oh. I, of course, was down on
2: the floor laughing my
1: head off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a good I husband.
2: There are two like kinds great, of people yeah. out there. Some people are disgusted by us who laugh at vomiting, but I find vomiting hilarious. <laughs> I knew we were friends for a reason.
0: <laughs> so you really like that Monty Python uh, Oh, meaning
1: could, of life scene. No, no, please. <laughs> yes, please.
2: Yes. No! Any, Any surprise projectile vomit is always great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also
0: find out that Jeff uh, once called a, uh, a phone sex line as a 400-pound man because he's riddled with insecurity. And that was a weird, weird revelation on his part. Like, we're finding a lot out about Jeff's character, and apparently he's got he's got issues. He's got, you know, Ooh. we kind of knew that already, but he's mm-hmm. got some issues. He's got some issues. And when he starts really going into taxicab confessions Jeff mode, I, I, that's just too much for Abed. I think Abed wanted a so-called real conversation, and Jeff got way too real for him. Yep. And that's maybe on top of the phone in the Goblet is why he starts (laughs) freaking out.
2: The phone in the water, I've seen a fair bit in my life because I I had a friend at uni who would always just put his phone in glasses of water because it was actually he got a waterproof phone and uh, so he just wanted to trick people all the time. So we'd always just be out and he'd just like chuck his phone in a glass of water (laughs) and everyone would freak out
1: do the same
2: now most phones are kind of water yeah true say,
1: yeah right? so survive.
0: can't really get that too much these Mm-mm. days
1: wouldn't get the same reaction they'd just be like why'd you do that <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh yeah and then uh it was another one of jeff's confessions like he got dressed up as a little girl or something uh for a halloween uh, because that was the only costume they had and he said i love that line he's like once the shame and the fear wore off i was just glad they thought i was pretty <laughs> the way i think joel McHale really does a good job telling this story in a way that like the whole conversations he has he goes from being very sarcastic and whatnot at, at first and then as he's kind of descending into his confessional stage you know like i i'm, I'm leaning in i want to hear what he's saying mm-hmm. like there's this is pretty interesting stuff. He's hes not a bad actor. Right? This is nope. sometimes we kind of reduce him. But, yeah, that's that fun.
1: Yeah, he can be more serious and emotional. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> but he can.
0: I like how we see a little bit get some insight into uh, Britta, by the way, and her work life here at the diner. How, you know, as Annie says to Shirley, she's like, nobody likes Britta. <laughs> and they find out that, like, everybody at the diner just hates Britta, or at least her boss does.
1: And apparently the customers don't care much for her either, given his reaction to getting her tips from her next shift.
0: All your yeah. tips? Can you spread <laughs> that out? I don't want the taxes to just watching Britta's face in that moment is good. That's a good moment. Uh, yeah, Another. I think Chang has some really good parts here. When, when they do open up the briefcase, and it's a light bulb and a certificate of authenticity, and then it catches fire,
2: and Chang's like,
1: why do you leave him alone with me?
2: <laughs> That's such a good line.
1: <laughs> you were such a bad friend, or whatever he says, the worst yeah. friend. Why do you
0: leave him alone with you? Uh, Chang-, and,
2: Chang knows how bad he is. And yeah. Chang is very comfortable in that outfit, I must say. Just letting it, letting it hang out. Just
1: Yeah, he's going all the way with that one. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, the whole uh, my dinner with Andre thing gets kind of busted. The waiter kind of reveals what's going on. And... So here's what I want to talk about. Like, good friend, bad friend is Abed being a bad friend. Um, As we talked about in the past, how it's easy to to point a finger at Jeff and say, Jeff's often a a jerk to everybody. He's a narcissist and he uses everybody for his own whatever. But, you know, in the past, we've seen that Abed can kind of – be a bit of a jerk to other people, uh, usually unintentionally because he doesn't read social mores as well as others. But sometimes he just he's being a lot like Jeff where he's just it's just about me. It's just about pleasing myself, making myself happy. And I remember first watching this episode and going, that's that's the obit again. Like he's just making himself happy as Jeff accuses him. Like you're just doing this bit to entertain yourself. Like we all put a party together. To make you happy and here all along you were just making yourself happy yeah and then abed turns around it's like you know kind of reveals what my dinner with andre is all about it's like two people who had kind of drifted apart trying to reconnect and i was like you know yeah i was kind of doing this to reconnect with you the only way i know how which is through the lens of movies and i'm like yeah you know what i'm gonna give abed a pass this time i oh yeah he definitely
1: gets a pass from me
0: yeah? Okay. So I'm not... I didn't, want yeah. to, I didn't want to get too mean toward
2: it. I think the, the true villain of this episode is surprise birthday parties. I'm just not a fan. And if both <laughs> Abed and Jeff had been upfront about the, the, the events they'd organized, then no issues. But the fact yeah. that they don't know that there's these other parties going on, yeah, causes some confusion.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had anyone try to throw me a complete and utter surprise like that. It does we see it all the time in movies and TV shows, but I always feel like how would you ever be able to guarantee that that would go off even remotely smoothly?
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. in play.
2: Yeah. I've never had one thrown for me, but I I I would try to cope well, but I must admit I think I'd I wouldn't enjoy it and I would take it negatively and I'd be like, Oh, here we go, what's going on? And <laughs> now my now my wife for my thirtieth birthday
0: party did throw me a surprise. Oh and she How was it? threw she threw a pirate themed birthday and I had no idea what was happening and uh she she actually did it at the church I was working at. So she was like, Oh, I left something in your office and uh, we get there, and she's like, what's going on down the hall? And I, she's like, go check that out. I hear some noise. And I go down, and it's, surprise! <laughs> and um, I had a kind of like, you know, for some people, especially like you see it on TV, you know, the response is, oh, my goodness, wow, you know, I'm overwhelmed. If you're an introvert, and people just leap out at you and start screaming surprise, your <laughs> mind, ta- it takes a little while, and you just <laughs> shut down. And that's what happened. Like, suddenly they're Aww. looking at me. I'm like, I'm not responding, because my mind's going like, okay. Oh, oh, this is what's going on. And I'm like, yeah. "Hey, cool. Like this is not what I was expecting and now I have to be social and you guys can't do this to me." What <laughs> you just
2: did. I wasn't so gonna...
1: prepared to be social. My battery has not yet recharged. I didn't have a prepared statement. Mm-hmm.
0: Man. It
2: at was a great party. At least it wasn't at home too, though. I can't imagine like if you're like getting home and you're just ready to like unwind and then everyone's inside. Yeah.
0: And what if the first thing you do every time, Thomas, you come home is you drop your pants just to get comfortable in your boxers. And then that's the moment they turn on the lights.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess you shouldn't drop your pants in the dark. I don't know. Well, no, you definitely should. I'm going to stop talking. No, no, no. no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. No, we can just derail that train. Uh Uh-uh. No, it's out of service. (laughs) Move on to the next one. (laughs)
0: So yeah, I I like that. I think Jeff, by the way, is being an amazing friend. Like all of them really are. This is above and beyond for a birthday party that they not only are throwing him a birthday, but that they've gone to this extent to think about what he wants. Like what would make Abed happy? And we've had some birthday parties this year. Some, this uh, year in community already. Uh, Troy's wasn't that great. Like, they didn't really do that much for Troy. They got him a cake, and then they said, let's go to a bar. And apparently last episode, uh, it was Brenda's birthday party, right? We were talking about that was the end credits where everybody just texting right. on the phone. Yeah. And then they didn't even reveal it was her birthday, but it was supposed to be super lame. Uh, but here, Abed's birthday party, uh, we're going to go spend how many hundreds of dollars on costumes and props and we're going to rent out a diner and yeah i mean i was running up a mental tally of how much money was being spent because jeff ends up having to pay 800 in damages Ooh. for the diner because troy and and chang fought uh, then he has to buy the dinner at the restaurant which apparently uh is a lot of money uh so <laughs> yeah it's a lot i mean and then i'm thinking is this the guy who got kicked out of his apartment because he had no job and he was so broke he was living in his car yeah like how much money does jeff have at this point like hmm. is he did he roll into some money that we don't know That's about good or? question what's he do hmm, hmm. yeah uh yeah I, I do like that they they kind of bring everybody together and they do have a final like the party does go off well they end up at the restaurant there's a, a closing inner narration bit they're all dancing they have a mexican standoff which is fun to watch them do that uh, i i'm che- i'm i'm pretty basic sometimes i just like to watch my heroes have a fun time i like the happy ending every once in a while and even though it's it's cheesy and predictable watching watching your group of lovable idiots have a party it's kind of fun and i like that
1: well, if you don't do that, then you end up like Jeff, calling random ladies at night at pretending you're 400 pounds. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Gotta enjoy
0: the little thing Just just to listen to her see if she would still pretend that she liked me <laughs> or whatever it was. Why would you do that? Because I'm worried I'll gain that much weight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I believe that this is the first episode that is entirely off campus. Um, We're not anywhere near the study room for this whole episode, which is pretty exciting.
0: Is it, though?
2: Well, now you're going to come up with something and prove that wrong, aren't you?
0: No, I'm I'm thinking, (laughs) well, Troy's birthday party started on campus, and I guess the, the rocket ship episode was technically, it's in the parking lot yeah so that's still on campus Mm -hmm. um yeah Troy uh, Troy, I almost called you Troy you should be honored Thomas (laughs) thank you (laughs) Troy you may be correct yeah this might be the first completely off (laughs) off
2: off-campus episode you get some no-no juice (laughs) (laughs) thank you oh good no-no juice Mm -hmm. um I loved how dubious you were at first but you've thought it through and you agree (laughs) <laughs> well, you don't want to look stupid now that
0: we're recording this for posterity, and if That's we're wrong, true. It's people true. listening to us will be screaming, Ah, but you don't know in Season 2, Episode 12, you idiots! Uh, actually, <laughs> when that happens, a wizard did it. Okay, yep. people? Just just roll with it. Yeah. yeah. That wizard. I wonder, uh, it's too bad they didn't get the Dean in costume, too. That would have been fun. I don't know which, pulp- they had more Pulp Fiction characters. I'm sure they could have gotten the Dean in something.
1: Oh, absolutely. But,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, and then the closing scene here, they it's Troy and Abed back at the restaurant, I guess? A different time? It's really weird. It's, yeah. He's already taking care of the bill, so they're eating there again, and uh, they get the bill, and it's just its a lot of money. <laughs> Troy says they said market price. What market are you shopping at? <laughs> Which is it's a great line anytime from now on you see yes. market price at restaurants and you know that's gonna be super expensive. Yep. I saw that over a couple years ago during during COVID and uh chicken wings apparently got super expensive all of a sudden and because of a supply chain shortage. And so I went to a place and they just said market price. Mm. For chicken wings. Yikes. Market price. I'm like, I'm not... I don't know, what, $10 a wing? What, what mm. are you? What is this going to be? I don't know. <laughs> At least we get some Troy crying, which is
2: always a beautiful,
0: beautifully hilarious moment. He cries so great. That's and then
2: bad. I read that um, that Danny Purdy improvised the final line of, okay, I'm going to run. <laughs> <laughs> um, which... But it makes sense. I think that state looks a little bit more like real Danny Pudi than Abed. I don't know yeah. if Abed would do that, but it was fun.
0: I think the only un- the only part I, I it's a very small moment, but there's a moment toward the end where Abed's kind of talking and he he starts rattling off a list of all these fictional characters that he sees himself as like Data, Johnny Five, K-9. Spock, A-9, yeah. K nine, K nine, yeah, yeah, and he just keeps going and I'm like. Oh, uh, this feels a little forced. Yeah, it's like you didn't really have to. It's a little too on the nose, you know. We get it. We get it. Uh, anything yeah. else you guys want to say before we go into report card? Oh,
2: one more little um tidbit that I ah. I, we're out of time. All you right, Thank you, Bye, everybody. <laughs> Was um. Da-da, da-da, da-da. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs> Don't make him bring out the air horn again, Justin. <laughs> Be cool. Oh, Be cool. No, I
0: forgot about that. Okay, I'll shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> No, um, you had to remind him about the air horn. No. You had to remind me about
1: the phrase. No, I can't here. say.
0: <laughs> um, Heather is not being a good
2: influence. Al, we need you back, dude. You know he's the glue that <laughs> yeah.
1: keeps us together.
2: Was was the yeah? We really need. Yeah, Al. Okay. um, that's good. Basically, obviously, Abed has that massive monologue in this episode, and it's impressive. But I did. Uh, read that they did use a teleprompter a little bit um, for the first and only time on the show. Uh, and it's not Danny Pudi's fault, but they just kept rewriting it and he hadn't had long to learn it at all. So he did have like a teleprompter somewhere behind Jeff there to help him along with that massive monologue. which oh. is interesting. It's a big speech. Yeah, it's quite a lot. He, he nails it too. He does really well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because there's a, I mean, he's again, he's spinning his stories. He's sucking us into helping us imagine what's going on, and has kind of an existential crisis. And yeah, that's it's yeah, it's good. Hmm. All right, well, let's go into report card. And uh, Al, why don't you do it first? Go ahead. Okay, great. brilliant, Al. Um, <laughs> good point. You know what? I I I'll go. How about that? Ooh, that okay? I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never really go first, All right. so. Yeah, it's it's an interesting episode to kind of pull apart and then to come up with a rating for. I don't think it's one of the funnier episodes of Community, but I do really like the fact that we're kind of returning to a more meta episode. And those are the kind of episodes, of course, where they pick a weird theme or they suddenly kind of mold the show around. Uh, a pop culture theme or fixation or some gimmick or hook. And here it's kind of like, as we said, it's like two different competing movies that really shouldn't go together, but they do. Kind of reminds me of there's an episode of Bob's Burgers where it's a musical episode and they bring together Die Hard and Working Girl oh. and then they mesh them together and make a. Uh, Work hard or die trying, girl. <laughs> uh, the musical, and it somehow works. And this one somehow works. Uh, I, I think it helps because you probably know one of those references, probably Pulp Fiction, because who remembers my dinner with Andre? Unless you're you know super old at this point, but uh, it's still you know like I don't know. I'm, I'm impressed with it. Like I I think for story story wise, it's really well done. This is an episode that had to pack in a whole lot that had to kind of deal with this, this drifting apart and then coming back together of Jeff and Abed's relationship, but also having some fun with, you know, the characters, the costumes, uh, you can just tell everybody's having a really good time with these little scenes that they're given. And it's, it's fun. It's just fun to watch it. The, yeah, the quotable lines are probably on the low side for community. Uh, as are the the outright hijinks, but uh, it's an easy B for me. It's a really strong B. I can't quite go to the A, uh, just because it's not an episode I'll I'll quote nonstop or or think this is the first episode I would show people. I think actually a lot of this episode would just go over the head of people who are really not that familiar with the show. Uh, but um, really, really solid. A lot of fun. And as I said, I'm always a sucker for an episode that ends on a party. So, Thomas, what about you, bud?
2: Yeah, for me, this episode... Thank you, Thomas. That was a really good analysis. (laughs) Oh, there
0: we go. My new
2: favorite thing is just cutting off (laughs) Thomas. Um, this episode, I think lost a little bit for me on the rewatch, um, which is interesting. Mm. I mean, I still like it a lot, but I remember loving discovering this episode for the first time because like we talked about at the start, you don't know what's going on. It's this whole different style. Our is so different. Um, and it's really fun working out what's, what the situation is, what's happening. Um, and it's just, uh, it's fun seeing our play this. Um, as Jeff calls him, uh, dressed like Mr. Rogers talking like Frasier character, which I think <laughs> nails it. Uh, and I love the change of pace in this episode. It's just quite different to the other ones surrounding it. Um, it really, I mean, literally takes us off campus, uh, and all of the characters are being so warm to each other in a way which is just lovely as well i mean maybe pierce hardly being in the episode has something to do with that that takes (laughs) out a lot of the negative energy uh so yeah i like it but on rewatch i felt like oh yeah i already know how this goes so i didn't get as much out of it i feel like um so i'm i'm also giving it a b it's a solid b and um yeah cool that Richard Ayoade directed an episode of Community. I didn't know that he directed this until now. So awesome!
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so cool to work with him. And just I would, I'd want him to do Moss at at least at one point. Just please do do some of the lines. Do the lines. <laughs> right.
1: Say the thing. Say the thing.
0: <laughs> Eight six seven. What, what was the song? That, oh my gosh! The long, gosh, the, long the, number. The
1: fire. Or the like the emergency number.
0: Yeah, the emergency number. Gosh! And he just
1: so if if you
0: haven't seen the IT Crowd, by the way, you got to see it. It's amazing. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. There's only like a dozen plus episodes. It's not really that long, maybe sixteen. You know, under twenty. It's it's one. It's a British show, so of course there's not that many episodes, but it's absolutely hysterical, and especially if you're nerdy. Um, I see. I would. I would put this really right in the the brotherhood of
2: community, very easily. Did so. you guys ever see the American pilot of the IT Crowd? It's on my list. Uh, uh, Joel McHale's in it, right? Oh yeah, Is Joel McHale the main other guy. Yeah, and so he's there right. with Moss because he got. Yeah, they they, they, they couldn't yet. recast Richard Ardie. There's no one irreplaceable, but yeah, Joel right. McHale is the other one. That's hilarious. Yeah,
1: I I think I watched it years ago and wiped it from my memory. Yeah, <laughs> like I I can't remember anything about it other than I'm glad it didn't actually end up happening. The show it's did not It's quite wrong.
2: Yeah, it's so
0: wrong. Anyway, it works well with the the British accents and some of the things they got going on there. So, all right, well Heather, what are what's your report card looking like?
1: Well, it's one for me that I, like. <sighs> Okay. Heather, they've In all gone words. before you have
2: what it's can you say that they haven't ten?
1: said. That's no, no, I would never say. I would never Sorry, say it's just one. It's number one. No, uh, it's it's not the best episode, but gosh, I do love it. Just for like the interactions between each uh, of the cast members as far as just was it was either it's one of you two that said it was much friendlier like a much friendlier atmosphere it was thomas because pierce isn't in it much pierce being in the in the gimp suit with that cod piece and stuff though absolutely a plus freaking perfect (laughs) how could you not love that shirley's the the joke about how much you would have to cut down pulp fiction to see it on an airplane and what you would come away from that movie with Was brilliant. There's some good stuff. But like you said, Justin, there's not, it's not super quotable. There's not a ton of lines that you're going to be thinking about afterward. It's just, to me, a good ride for like, what, 27 Mm -hmm. minutes or whatever it is. It's just a nice ride. It's a little break from all the drama, super ultra wackiness. It's got wackiness. But to be fair, it's kind of like Thomas said Chang was. He's really been rung in in this episode. And and so is the wackiness. This is like... This is
0: like the right amount of
1: Chang. It is such the perfect amount of Chang. Just a little sprinkle on top of the delicious weird meal that you've made. It's, it's just perfect. It adds enough so, to it.
0: Some people are great as secondary characters, like <clears throat> have little bit parts. Yep. But when you force them into the limelight and you make them the centerpiece of an episode, uh, it, it gets a lot harder to make that work. And not everybody, sometimes Chang Chang centric episodes do work, but this, I think he always excels in like little bit parts. Season one, I think that's what I miss from season one is just getting those little bits of classroom hilarity. And then we're out of the classroom and we don't see Chang, you know, he just comes in does something weird and that's it. Uh, But here, seems like in season two, they're really struggling to figure out how to wield him. And how, like, what's his relation with the group and how much to, to use him and and what capacity, how crazy is he on any given day? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's still, I, I, th- I hope that they took a, some cues from this,
1: but. Yeah, they definitely nailed it in this one. So so my heart was happy. They didn't do my Chang dirty. I, <laughs> I on one hand, kind of want to give it an A, but it's it's just not that. It's just not an A. So I'm going with a B also, a very strong B.
0: Okay. Yeah, Annie doesn't get much. No. Theater. She gets to be a little gossipy, but that's it. That's pretty much all she uh-huh. gets. Yeah. So there you go. That That's uh, season two, episode 19. And uh, we'll find out Al... Of course, keeps recording his uh, scores independently, and he'll bring the spreadsheet out at the end of the season, which is coming up pretty soon. Ooh, how long we've is the season? Like, how many episodes? I think we've got like four more episodes. Wow. So we've got one more sort of average episode, and then we got three that are going to be... You know how season one had like three finales? <laughs> this one's going to have two. Oh. So I don't want to spoil it for So Heather, that was my other question for you. This is the first episode past where you've watched it previously.
1: That is true.
0: Yeah. That is true. So you're going to have to give us like a little bit more every time we watch these going with your report card or whatever going, you know, like this was your first, first impression. How was it? Did you expect any of this? I don't know.
1: Well, you know, speaking of that, you brought up a really good point at the beginning of tonight's episode. Where you mentioned that why is Chang just back there hanging out like after what he and Shirley had happen in the what was it the previous or the one two episodes before with him kidnapping children and like trying to force his way into Shirley's life. Mm -hmm. It's very strange to just see that dropped for me. It's it's really weird to see that just left on the ground like he he can just hang out now and Shirley and him aren't going to interact or have any problems yeah.
0: sometimes a show is so good about continuity and sometimes it just doesn't uh, yeah it's like it's very selective about oh yeah we're gonna remember this now yeah we're gonna forget it now yeah we're gonna remember it's and i get it like for sitcoms and, and comedy shows you know it's always about the bit it's always about making the joke land and that that's king above all things and i understand that but you know, continuity is important because fans care about this stuff, and also that it, it kind of holds things together. It holds our understanding of of who these people are. So, yeah, sometimes community does an amazing job. Sometimes it doesn't. And here in this episode, I think we see both. Uh, we get some great continuity and some <laughs> whatever they do with Chang. But, <laughs> but still, I'm happy they got Chang back. I, I think that he added a lot to the little restaurant bits. I agree. It's too bad. I always felt like it's too bad Abed never gets to see the diner.
1: Uh
2: true. Yeah, that is that true. Looks so adorable. Yeah. In my head, I'm
0: always going like, just go, just go with Jeff and go see the diner. You'll have a better time. Come on, go. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you guys catch that they uh, they got a, the, around the sensors on a, a pretty bad word on the the wallet when Abed starts reading the wallet like didn't he says it, it's a bad uh i forget what he wrote something um i gonna pull up my notes here it's a wallet or jeff says it's a wallet that says bad mother and then it just and then Obed interrupts oh, and like, <laughs> very oh goodness, nice very nice like. lie hmm yeah so there's a there's a little nod toward pulp fiction's potty mouth and that's about all we got for that that and shirley's <laughs> quote so so, yeah, there, there you go for today's episode. Uh, we're going to close things out tonight. Of course, encouraging you to check us out on Twitter at 101 Rewatching. We'd love to hear from you guys. What do you think about this episode, Critical Film Studies? And, you know, have we now turned you completely off our podcast because we don't like Pulp Fiction as much as you do? I don't know. Um, maybe if Al was here, Al would be championing. I forget what Al thinks about Pulp Fiction. But maybe right now he's kind of yelling into a pillow going, Guys, you ruined it! You muffed it! I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, Check us out on our website, Mutant Reviewers. MutantReviewersMovies.com It's amazing. It will change your life forever. Or at least entertain you slightly. We do have reviews to a lot of Tarantino's movies. And, you know, some complimentary, some not so much. We're, We're not beholden to the giant Tarantino complex uh, economy cinematic complex there <laughs> so i in fact have not seen like his last four movies so i'm probably need to catch up i know he's been doing some some westerns i need to watch and,
2: well i think he keeps yeah. retiring still each one's still the last i think the next one's the last movie he's making he says so
0: yeah he did he didn't say that right he's been going around like that's it that's <laughs> yeah. all i'm gonna do and that's right all these talk show hosts are like what but you're good at your stuff and he's like no i'm just gonna stop he's probably sitting on so much money why absolutely why, you know? yeah yeah try try not to to go out on a bad note i guess meanwhile m night Shyamalan has been trying to go <laughs> he's like just give me one more movie <laughs> one more movie maybe i'll get it this time <laughs> roland emmerich's like yeah just give me a few hundred uh-huh. million dollars I'll, I'll try again make another good movie <laughs> guys you peaked in the 90s it's all been downhill since yeah. then so sorry to tell you that so alright we're out take care bye bye (laughs) bye